Uh, David Domke here. We'll be joined in just a quick second by Charles Douglas. It is Wednesday, September 29th. And first off, I'm really excited about the Mariners. The Mariners are a half game out of the wild card in American League Baseball. And, you know, this is pretty much something I haven't seen in <laughs> more than two decades. But that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about some first reflections on CP travel into the field during COVID, specifically into Virginia. Uh, we just wrapped up the, the travel portion of the learning tour, AJ and I, and well, we're about to begin the field work, our first field work in Virginia um, this election cycle. And of course, we're doing this all during COVID. And so Charles and I just wanted to talk for a couple minutes about about first reflections, not uh, polished reflections, but first reflections at what is roughly kind of what you might say the halfway point of our CP Virginia travel. Um, I'm walk. I'm right now. I'm in Seattle. I came back yesterday evening, and um, uh, I'm here for 36 hours. No, yeah, 36 hours, and. Um, Charles is not in Seattle at this moment. I think he's joined. Charles, you out there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you at right now? I am uh, still in Richmond, Virginia. Um, because uh, we couldn't afford to fly me home, so I just got to stay here. <laughs> and so if you want me to come home, you can donate at... Uh, <laughs> bring charles home <laughs> okay yeah larcy's larcy's busy donating right now okay no 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 she's too busy doing voter reg stuff she's someone else is going to handle it she thinks it's cool it's totally cool no okay um I, I i am i'm here um to help set up the the next leg of our adventure up north and aj and i are um taking a rest day and then we're gonna we're going to head up to uh, Northern Virginia and start with that. Um, this is, uh, uh, I was saying, this is, these are not polished reflections on our part at this point. We're, we're like literally notes from the field. But we want to share this, as always, our experience with everybody together. Um, I'm about to walk into a zone here where I'm going to disappear on voice for about two minutes. So, Charles, could we start at the end? What are your reflections here at the halfway point of this field work experience, this first field work experience. Um, what are your reflections, just kind of quick reflections of, of whether we can, whether we should travel? Yeah, my, my first reflection is there's got to be a different route. I've seen your neighborhood and I don't, I don't know why <laughs> you have to walk past that zone, but it's fine. It's totally fine. Creatures of habit. Um, my, my first reflection is that there were moments on this trip where I actually forgot about the threat of COVID. Didn't stop wearing a mask. Didn't stop, uh, uh, you know, handing out test kits when we needed to. Didn't stop hand sanitizing. But because those, those things have been ingrained in how we've lived for a year and a half, um, we don't think every minute of the day that we're wearing a mask or keeping ourselves safe about COVID in the same way that we don't think about 
the threat of a car accident every single time we're in a car. And that's, I realized that that's the way this trip felt. It felt a lot like previous trips that we've been on where the concentration was on community and it was about learning and it was the depth of the experience that we're having in this special place with these special people. And that, that came to the forefront. Um, and that same way, I think that the next trip is going to feel like the work is at the forefront. That's the thing that we're going to think about. And it's, and it's not in and, and the, and the politics of Virginia and helping out our, our partner org here. And it's not necessarily going to be, um, oh my gosh, I feel unsafe. And that's, that's when we got to that moment, it really struck me. Um, and it lasted for a pretty long time. Sure. Um, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I want to, my, my one little bit of like reflective framework that I have is that there's, there's like these phases to the travel. There's the preparation. There is the entry into the field. Then there is the field work and then there's the return. Um, and we've talked a bit, we did a whole, you and I, uh, Hiba and others did a whole bunch of, um, thinking a ton about prep. And we shared that with the community in one of those se sessions a couple weeks ago about protocols, CP travel compact about, uh, what, it, what are our partners and people who are in those States telling us? So mm -hmm. I don't want to fixate too much on the prep. I want to talk in this podcast because we aren't in phase four yet, the return, we're just starting that. I want to focus on the middle two and I'll take the first one and you can kind of like ask me a couple of reflective questions after I share a thought. So you can kind of, and then I want to okay. flip it and ask you to take kind of the third, the, the third, third one. phase. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, your, your mic is a little scratchy. Is it rubbing up against something? Oh shoot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Hang on, hang on. Let's see here. This is like the old days, man. This is like yeah. the old days. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, transition phase two. Uh, so let's, I want to, I want to share candidly that there's, there's nervousness when you first transition into the space, you're on, you're getting, you're going through the airport, you're going on a plane, everybody's wearing masks. Um, you're very, very mindful of it all. And you, you get into a lift or a rental cars and you're, 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 I, I was nervous. I could, I could tell that the people who are uh, participants on the learning tour were nervous. Um, and you come to the hotel, uh, you, you sit in the lobby. There are other people coming through the lobby. They aren't masked or they are masked. You don't know. Okay. Um, uh, but then we are in Virginia and, and I'll tell you of uh, everybody out there that Virginia feels uh, one tad a bit more open about the masking than, than Seattle to me. Didn't feel, yeah. dramatically different, but it didn't feel exactly the same either. Um, and, uh, but that for, in that transition phase, in that anxiety, what I've always found in any team work or any leadership work that you got to have these practices and protocols that, that you, you, you follow and you drive, you, you, that drive you forward because those are the ones that allow you to go step by step through make re removing the, 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 the risk as much as possible. And so we did that every morning. I would wipe down every seat on the bus and the handrails. I would wipe down the railings that you'd use to go on the bus. We put a, a, a hand sanitizer right at the door. When you came on, 
we had a big air filter on the bus that we would uh, take on every time. And uh, this is going to pain me to no end, but I'm going to have to t say that Charles was right about uh, something. He said, hey, man, you need to take this big battery charger. Okay. And I, I was like, they're going to have plug plugs on the, pl on the bus. It's like, they might, they might, you don't know. And then I tried to verify ahead of time and they told me there would be, but then there wasn't because the guy brought a different bus. <laughs> the guy brought a different bus. He's like, I wanted to get you a little bigger bus. Nice gesture on their part, but it's a different bus. So every day I would lug this big, uh, um, not the air filter, which we'd leave on the bus. I'd lug this big battery charger on and I'm like, damn it, Charles. But I was also, thanks. Thank you, Charles. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, we would wear masks on the bus. Everywhere we'd go, we would, we would eat outside. Or if we went into a restaurant, I brought the air filter in with me. Or, and we only ate, only ate in separate rooms inside. I think we did that twice. We did most of our work outdoors, our learning, our, our meeting of people outdoors, which will be the same as in field work. We did a lot of things that were what we call our protocols. And that, that's what soothed the, the initial anxiety in that transition phase. imagine because you can only see people's eyes you can only see people's eyes the the feeling the feeling of nervousness comes from the look on their eyes and how they folks eased into eased into that that kind of relational closeness and sitting in the sitting next to each other because i bet they were spaced out yep we were we were spaced out again not think so much about covid still says is safe but kind of get closer to hum other human beings on the trip yeah um and i would say that that anxiety and it wasn't overriding. It wasn't like debilitating, but it was present. Yep. It's, it's like you're waiting for the doctor's evaluation. And it's, mm. it's, it's not the, you're not worried about the worst diagnosis, but you're worried about it could be, you just, you're just kind of, ner you're nervous. Um, and I would say that lasted for about the first day and a half. And it's legit and it's real. And because of that, we are very mindful of how we're going to enter uh, people into spaces um you just you you need to be at the top of your top 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 of our game in those transitions um and i would just encourage everybody who's going to travel with us to know that that is a real part of the kind of psychology of moving into the travel at first everybody is going to be you know very very cognizant and fixated and focused around social distancing masking hand sanitizers, air flows. And we should, we keep that going the whole way. We do. But as Charles said, it becomes second nature after a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, let me ask, I'm sorry, you know, you got a question? Go ahead. Okay. I was going to ask you, cause you joined us halfway through the trip and you came in to us and I was, I, that that particular evening was a very crowded day at the hotel, and and uh, and we were over on one side in kind of this this uh, this eating area, and you came in, and it had to be 
like that was like day three or four. If you'd come in at day one, you would have seen us outside the hotel um, in the parking lot eating our food. And it isn't that we dropped our standards, it's that we had learned to navigate it by day three or four. Yeah, there's this... Uh... You're kind of going in and out on your side. Go here. How about this? Is this better? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's better. Okay. It's it's because of the of the precautions and the the slowness at the. You're gone again. Um, oh. I'm wondering if you can go on to cell instead of Wi-Fi because if you're at the hotel, the Wi-Fi is really spotty there. Okay, hold on. That was one thing, folks. The uh, you know you 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 can't we can't control the Wi-Fi when we're out there. That's for sure. I mean, you're used to Seattle broadband, uh, lickety split. You get it. You get to other places. You no guarantee on that. How am I doing now? That's better. Just go ahead and keep talking and I'll listen and see how it goes. Okay. No, I think I'd finish my thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't hear it. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Cause I forgot it. So, uh, let's move on. Okay. Um, what, what, so if, uh, I would just, I would encourage people to, well, I'm trying to come up with a, an analogy. You know, I always like kind of to put it into the familiar. What's a, what's a, what's something we're trying to figure this out on the fly? What's a, a space that we are very familiar with is a high transition space. And we can go through it knowing that when we come out on the other side, we're going to be where we want to be and things are going to work out okay. But we've got to go through that transition would, to get there. Would you, would you consider maybe going through airport security to be comfortable? constant to like that kind of yeah yeah i think that's that's a perfect analogy because every single time i go through i'm looking everywhere i'm a little nervous i'm nervous of if i'm doing it the right way if i am uh you know what's in my pockets and am i gonna beat are they gonna pull me what's in my bag did i forget to pull something out and there is that like heightened sense of, of awareness right and then who's around you and what, what's going on with them? Or if you're traveling with somebody, there's, you're worrying about them. That, and then you get through and there's this relief. There's yeah. Relief. You're on and there, yeah, yeah. And there are these, these ambiguous, lots of ambiguous moments in that phase, just mm -hmm. to kind of finish this, tra this transition phase. Like if somebody yells, uh, they're like, hey, you know, like you, ca you, you, you swivel your head, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, because you're on heightened alert you're paying more attention so i know there was a couple times when there was somebody in the hotel lobby who was not wearing masks and we were going to get on the air, the elevator together and i and I, it was the first night actually and there was two guys and it was in dc um and i didn't feel any particular danger i could have easily been unmasked in a grocery I, somebody could have been there unmasked in a grocery store in seattle there was no particular danger but i was like i'm not getting on that elevator with those two guys okay yeah <laughs> and uh, and, and I was still doing that by the end still, but I didn't feel the anxiety about not getting on the elevator by the end. Yeah, the, the toughest part about, about not getting on the elevators with people is they're so nice. 
<laughs> for you, and they go, they kind of welcome me or something like that, and then you're like, you gotta tell them no. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, we spent on the learning tour. Uh, what was it, Wednesday to Tuesday, and everybody's transitioning back now either into the voter field work or back to home or to see fans and family. And everybody on this side of the transition is going to be taking a COVID test, uh, 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 a rigorous COVID test, um, as soon as possible, which will be within 48 hours by most everybody. And we have to share it with each other. That's the uh, commitment we make to each other as a community. Um, so we're, we're not through this fully, and we're not spiking the football in the end zone and saying that, hey, we got through this great perfectly. But we do so far feel good about the prep, the transition, going through the field work, um, and now into the return. Well, um, when you say feel good, I think we should be clear with people that there was nobody PCR test or peel away from the group or quarantine. There was, there's nothing like that. So um, we're looking at, at the tests when we come back, but it, it could be that nobody nobody was at risk or contracted COVID while we're on the learning tour. Yeah, one other thing, I, I just put my mask on right now here in Seattle because I walked into the post office. Um, but we also were doing morning temperature checks, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Morning temperature checks, and uh, so so you would you'd come you come uh, into the lobby and get your breakfast every morning, and then you'd sit with sit with your sit with the team. You know, everyone would be around each other, and then you would go go onto the bus, and it's temperature checks at the at the bus, and then um, hand, hand sanitizers you get on, you get on, and everything's been wiped down, and then there's there's the, the air pure air purifiers running about midway through the bus um, and then uh, Muhammad our driver has uh, the air on There's the, the windows that can't open but the air was vigorous on the bus uh, it was flowing pretty strong it got cold, it got cold on that bus uh, in certain parts yeah so, and uh, yeah when we do field work uh, voter get out the vote field work one of our protocols is windows open on the rental cars okay mm -hmm. Windows open on the rental cars. And that, you know, we've been doing a lot of research on this and talking to our health, our 24-7 health team. In fact, I got to update them today back here in Seattle. Um, but that air circulation is monumentally important. Like that's all, that, you know, evidence is suggesting that that's pretty much like 80% of the thing. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's, the, same, it's the same reason why um, the, the CDC decided that masks outside were not needed because the air circulation was so good that you know it's almost impossible to get COVID while you're outside. Um, so if you could replicate that, well, you can't exactly you know replicate the outside, but if you could have strong airflow in in, in indoor spaces, then you're doing really good. Yep. yep. So uh, we know and. Charles and I and Hibba working on all of this and also Larcy and Sasha and Kylie and others that have really helped to build our protocols. Um, we know that we cannot eliminate risk entirely, but we can minimize it. And that's what we've been talking about here so far. On the other side of the coin though, is maximizing impact and engagement. And that's 
phase three, which is the work in the field. And so I think that I went into this, you know, feeling that uh, we would come out over these two weeks with a sense of like, is it worth it? Is it, is it, should we take these steps to, is the impact and the value of being out there going to be worth it to our partners, to us? So I know you have some some clear thoughts on that already. What? So go for it. Well, I do, but let me ask you. So, so um, Meredith, I wasn't here on the days that Meredith was here. Meredith from uh, New Virginia Majority. What was her? What was that interaction like for the participants for you all to kind of bring that part? Well, she said, "Look, we're we're door knocking now," and she she said, "We are so ready for you all." to be here on Thursday. Um, but Meredith met us. I don't want to jump into the field work too much yet. I want to leave that for you to kind of jump into. But, she, but so I'll just address how she interacted with us and what she said to us in regards to the field tour. Um, yeah. the, the, uh, she met us, met us at the state capitol, spent an hour and a half talking about New Virginia majority out, outside in a brilliant um, beautiful day. Quick, quick aside, just put a pin in it. We'll come back to it sometime. We walked past the protests that was supporting the January 6th insurrectionists. Um, yeah. So we'll, uh, I'll bring, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Okay. Um, uh, but she met us, talked about the importance of, of, uh, groups, like, uh, not groups like us, cause there aren't groups like us of us coming out there. And then she said, Hey, you're, where are you going next? And we said, we're going to go over here to Monument Avenue, which has been this collection of the most famous Confederate statues in the country that have all been torn down now um, and are being revolutionized into new spaces. Um, and she goes, oh, I want to come with you. Can I come? I'm like, well, yeah, sure. And so she traveled with us on the bus um, and talked with everybody and then spent a couple more hours on Monument Avenue. And uh, she it was and then she met us a couple days later when we met with Senator Jennifer McClellan in the state Senate, who's been incredibly important around voting rights and equal rights in the state. Um, and so so I think that what I have always found, but it was so great to to see it in action right off the bat was the partner orgs receiving us and saying, oh God, it's a shot in the arm for us to have you here. It's, it's great to have you come here. It just, I don't know, it just means something when someone comes to you. So that's my reflection yeah, on that. Yeah, the, you know, so much so that she wanted to join us. She, she loved that we were there so much that she wanted to come with us and spend time, and spend time with us. And we, we didn't pay her, you know, that's not like a... We no! Like, hey, we're going to pay you to get on the bus with us. It was like, I, I, I enjoy your community. I want to be in it. Um, and so when she's on the Zoom and she's saying that to us, that's not lip service because she really wants to make sure that we come knock on doors for real. It's, we're here. And also, I want to hang out with you because I enjoy this thing that you built that is legitimately a relationship. We actually have a relationship with story and they like us. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that was that was evident. So, um, so you mentioned the the meeting with with uh, Senator McClellan, and I mean, first of all, that work at the she did to get the Emancipation Monument put together was just fascinating to listen to. It was 
powerful the monument itself. Uh, she is such a compelling um, uh, governing person. She's she's kind of she's kind of like uh, I'd say like a like a like a, like a Patty Murray in that you know so maybe maybe she's not the best at campaigning but she's so so good at representing her constituents. Right, that's that difference between governing and campaigning. It's yeah. rarely does somebody excel at both of those, yes. and she's so solid. Yeah. yeah. And there, there was a, a moment where she was closing up, though, where she was saying she was talking about the future and talking about the future fight and um, the, the legacy of emancipation on the present and the continued movement of uh, black folks as they continue to free themselves from the legacy of, of slavery and of its industrial complex and uh, the way that the folks want us to vote and she talked about the winds in Virginia and the backlash and the thing oh, that yeah. she said that was so so compelling and I will carry this for <laughs> the rest of our of our time doing this work and after um, she was really frank with us you know, she knew exactly what we were doing why we were there who we were, the difference that we were making, and she said, your job is to fight the backlash. Yep. Your job is to fight the backlash. It was, it was, it, it was a, a, an admission and recognition that common power has a role in Virginia, and that common power has kind of signed up. We've been, we, we, we've, we have enlisted. And so now we have a job. We are, it's no longer um, this, thank you so much for whatever you can do to help us. It's okay, you're you're with us. Okay, here's your job. And we're counting on you now. You are a part of, of our infrastructure, our effort, our, our movement locally to change this state and keep it headed in the right direction. Not only do we need you, but now we're relying on you. And we need you to not fail. And you've got a job now. To, to, to have a state senator look at us and say, you're not here. That, that was heavy. It was really heavy. And now we've got to deliver. Got to deliver. She's counting on us. Everyone who's working alongside her is counting on us. Um, yeah. And damn it, we will. And you, uh, you texted... I was there with you, but you texted me those words because um, that was a, a, a kind of take. That was a moment, a, a quote that we were going to remember. Um, and what I, the fight piece is crucial. I, I also uh, find com inspiring and compelling the recognition of where it is in the arc of the fight. It is we're in the backlash phase to Obama, to uh, to the voter gains from 1965. And the only reason we're able to be here is because other people fought the backlash before, right? And gave us a chance. Um, and there is this really powerful um, quote that we heard from a couple different people during our time there. Uh, John Mitchell, who was um, an African-American publisher and editor of this incredibly important newspaper in Richmond in the late 1800s, he was extremely... Uh, 
a courageous and fought against Jim Crow and lynching. Um, and when the Robert E. Lee statue was put up in 1890, this massive memorial, the symbol of white supremacy, to mass memorial to, come out to the Confederacy and symbol of white supremacy, he said um, in, in the language of the day, but maybe it just fits just appropriate today. He said, the black man it put it up because they were forced to do the labor to put it up. He said, and the black man will be here to take it down. And Jennifer McClellan, Senator McClellan told us about the three kind of owners of companies that led the construction of taking it down. And it's because of Mitchell and because of Ida B. Wells and because of W.B. Du Bois that they fought a backlash in their period of time. And that's our job now. Yeah, I felt like a challenge. I felt like, a, you know, this is, these are your, these are your orders. Let's go. So uh, before, we, before we went out there, um, you know, you could have, we could, we, you could be at this point in this conversation just uh, after the field, field, uh, the, the learning tour, and now into the field. You could be at like, man, I, I just don't know if this is worth it. I don't know. It's, you know, I don't know. Um, so tell me where you're at. Uh, I mean, you, you've given us some insight, but take it home a little bit stronger about your personal kind of understanding and commitment to us going into the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's no question. There's no question that this type of experience first, um, the, the learning up front. And this is another thing that, that Virginia said to us, is that the difference between you and other organizations is that you care to learn about our place first. So many other people think they know better than us and come in and do the work, or they come in and leave, and they don't even know anything about the ground that they're walking on. But you all take the time to learn first. And so this learning piece is is going to be this in-person learning piece is irreplaceable it's irreplaceable because we're learning alongside our partners it's irreplaceable because the young people who come with us the experience that julia had firsthand what is irreplaceable it, the emotions she felt the things that she the people that she spoke to that she saw with her own eyes are irreplaceable in any other format it has to be here in person she has to be walking on these grounds her feet on the grass and the dirt that other people walked on in history that needs to happen for people like Julia and we need to show that to our partner organization so the learning is going to be in person it has to be it has to culminate with an in-person experience the the work the work and we're gonna learn more about all the ways that it is most effective in person. But with COVID, because it's it's so hard for them to get the numbers of volunteers that they that they need to knock on the volumes of doors, they they switched to uh, hiring people, and they need our numbers more than ever. They need our numbers more than ever to do that work, and they, that's why. Got the attention of, of you know, Mer excuse me, Meredith and Maya, Senator McClellan. I mean, they are not just here to uh, to be diplomatic. They're 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 here and giving us their time because they really really need us to be here physically, knocking on these doors as much as possible. 
And that's what we're going to do. There's nothing replacing that. The door knocking, the science is, is clear. Door knocking is multiple times more effective than any other outreach. And maybe in the future, technology, some sort of technology will replace it. Right now, it is the old school door knocking that is the most effective way to turn out your own voters. Yep. And I felt in 2020 that we adopted a, a policy that I think you're, you're now concretizing for us, which is we would do the maximum we could do safely. And in 2020, it was as much remote work as we could possibly do, right? As much as we could do. Now, I think we, we are learning how to do in field work as safely as possible. And one of the persons on the trip, one of the participants on the trip said to me, that uh, I said, you know, what, do, what were you thinking about COVID and coming on this trip? And were you anxious? And this person said, I was, said, and I'm, I'm, uh, I am going to live as safely as possible, but I am not going to stop living. Okay. And that's, that's, that's us. We're going to do our work as safely as possible, but I, it isn't 2020 for me anymore, Charles. It's 2021 and I'm not prepared to not have us go do the field work in 2021 in 2020 we we were able to get by barely without the yeah. field work yeah and we didn't have another way we didn't have COVID protocols and practices we didn't have the vaccine um we didn't have the booster shots to the vaccine that are yeah 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 um and and it's been it's been long enough where people have have learned learned how to live with COVID and also seen the effects of not having to us individually and what happens to to us politically um, if, if we don't get out here. And so we're going we're gonna to do that. It's not, safe, it's not a safe political, sorry, it's not a, I should, it shouldn't end with that. It's not a safe political state. Sure that they're going to win these seats. They absolutely you know, win. That the governor race is going to is going to go our way. They're worried. They're scared about their state, and so and so we're going to we're going to be here for them. Um, and and Virginia's the test. Virginia is the test of what the Dems can do um, with in person canvassing with in person getting out the vote pressures of. The politics that are going on nationally for Joe Biden, the strength of the of the Trump movement is still there. You know what happens in Virginia is both parties are going to be taking that away, and we're going to be here on the ground, informing some of that. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow, when people arrive, uh, this is Wednesday. When people arrive. Where will they become? Where will they be landing? And what will be that as last five minutes of the podcast here? What will be that? Can you draw a visual image of what that ent entry transition looks like for people tomorrow, Charles? I'll be one of them. I'm coming back with the volunteers. So, whatever. Yeah. So, so um, uh, AJ and I will be driving up from Richmond to, to meet folks. We'll have. Uh, a big team of our staff members flying in and volunteers. So I think it's about 20 folks that are coming from Seattle um, that are going to be flying in, or excuse me, 20 folks that are like the entire team. But I think there's a, there's about a dozen flying in from 
uh, from Seattle. Yeah, we can't say they're all flying from Seattle anymore in our organization, can we? No, we can't. We can't because one key person, Hiba Muhammad, is flying from Wisconsin. She's flying in from Wisconsin. Yeah. But everyone's going to be arriving in D.C. They're going to get their rental cars. Um, We've got a we've got more rental cars than we normally get. So people don't have to cram into uh, the same rental cars. And we're all going to drive over to the Fairfax area together where uh, Faye and Julia and Ron. So folks that stayed on from the learning tour are going to be waiting for us. And we're going to have dinner together Um, again with the lessons we learned from from this trip. We're going to have dinner together outside if we can do it. If not, we're going to we're going to get our you know, our takeaway lunch or takeaway dinner and bring it back to the hotel um, and be safe there. And then we're going to the next day kick off our field work. And it's going to be uh, New Virginia Majority. Meredith, again, is going to join us for a little training to give us all of our materials that we need, to give us all of our, our maps and our, our turfs, as we call them, and the different neighborhoods that have been uh, cut up into small pieces. And we're going to we're going to break out into our pre-designated groups. So Hibba's got us uh, assigned to certain cars with people. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we're going to get in those cars, and then we're going to split up and go and go knock on doors. Um, nobody's going alone. Nobody, you know, it, it, if it's up to me, there'll be multiple cars going to single neighborhoods, which is always great. Um, and we're going we're gonna to go and... and knock out these doors that's what we're gonna do i talked to meredith about it yesterday and she was like you know (laughs) hibba's got some real conservative numbers on these on the size of these turfs and i've i've worked with you all before and you (laughs) knock on more doors than that but we'll just see you know hibba's hibba's new so we'll see we'll see how it goes but just in case charles i've got more turfs over here because i know you guys do really well and I, I i think we will we will yeah um, so folks, those of you that are going to travel and I'll be seeing some of you, at, I'll be seeing you at the airport tomorrow morning. If you're flying from Seattle, uh, I'll be meeting there. I know Abby Merritt is going and, uh, Abby and I'll be driving from our neighborhood to the airport. She's one of our team leads for Virginia. Chris Kamanishi, who is one of our team leads for Virginia. It's going, um, really excited to, to kind of be out there and to do it again. Um, and just appreciate I, and we just appreciate the step-by-step, um, what I call kind of one bird by bird by bird, which is a metaphor that has been used by a lot of people to talk about kind of look, researching one bird at a time as you try to learn about birds. We take this one step at a time. And our first steps were putting in the prep. Our next step was going out there for the learning tour. And now we're ready for the next step. Um, and we are fully committed to as safe as possible with as much impact as possible. Um, so that's an update on where we're at. Quick aside, um, a number of you who might be listening hear this podcast, I wanted you to know that um, we're going to have an update on our lunch and launch fundraising numbers. We'll have that early next week we, with Julia and me out in the field. Um, we are we are keeping track of everything, but there's a a bunch of incoming donations that were being mailed that we uh, we need to receive and process, and we're. In, grateful for that of course but we'll have those numbers and we we are very encouraged just remarkably 
uh, encouraged by the level of support for this work because that lunch and launch was about supporting this and going out into the field, particularly with our young people. So, um, so Charles, what, what will you do for a rest day today? Um, rest day today is um, I'm going to catch up on work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to catch up on a lot of work. Um, you know, to your point about this, the, uh, the, the lunch and launch while we were here on the learning tour, there were other parts of CP that were moving, that were still doing stuff and Hiba and Wole and a bunch of other people were preparing to, to travel. Um, we are, Wole is lining up folks that can help document our work. Oh, right, right, right. So that was that was something he was working on, and Hiba's getting last minute travel plans going. Um, Kylie's helping out with that. Um, uh, other folks are are chipping in to help out there, and then Larcy and um, Larcy and Ben are are working on or have closed up actually. I think this is their last day of um, celebrating National Voter Registration Day, which is on the twenty eighth, with our good partners back home. Goodwill and it was across multiple stores I think seven stores across the, the region where they helped set up this massive uh, volunteering operation where people registered folks to vote I know at one location they got um, eight people or something like that registered oh. to vote. And that was just one place and that was one day that was one day um, so it's been it's been really really something it's been really successful um, at one location they had uh, Volunteering, Common Power folks volunteering, and Rainier Scholars uh, folks volunteering as well, including their their ED. Oh wow! Their kids, so it was a, It's just that that whole effort. You know, it's easy to to focus on the stuff that you know, means a lot to national politics, and there's this big effort going back home um, to, to still shore up our state to develop these young leaders that are going to pipeline into to doing this work. And I'm, I'm just really proud of, of the CP can do great things uh, in the fight for a more inclusive democracy uh, at the same time. Okay, great. Um, all right, everybody. Well, we're uh, further together, always, yeah. always kind of evolving and developing and furthering our work feeling grateful and determined, really strengthened after the learning tour, just the inspiration of it all. Looking forward to this. I'm having this quick juice of refreshment at home, seeing my wife who had COVID before I left. Um, and so it's great. I mean, she was okay by the time I left, um, but it's still great to see her fully healthy and just great back. A uh, little family refreshment, and then I'm going to be back out there. So I'll see you in, uh, in about, let's see, 30 hours, 36 hours, Charles. That's good, man. Tell Lisa I said hello, please. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go. All right, man. Let's go.